With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Probably didn't go as scripted last night for a lot of people. We'll dive into it. Welcome to the program. Hour one this Tuesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. We'll check in with the Buccaneers. We'll check in with the Cowboys. Dial us up, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. New t-shirts. Oh, Seton just sent these to me. I love them. DanPatrick.com. We got some postseason T-shirts ready for you, all available at DanPatrick.com. Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. If you're watching on Peacock, thank you. Streaming partner, download the app. You can watch for free. Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio, and now approaching 400 radio affiliates around the country. So the Cowboys smoked the Buccaneers. Five touchdown performance for Dak Prescott. Threw for four, ran for one. And I'm wondering, what are people going to find fault with with the Cowboys today? Mike (laughs) McCarthy had a wonderful night. Dak Prescott did. The defense did. Here's the thing that we refuse to buy into. Yours truly. Well, Tom Brady, Tom Brady wins these games. It's only a three-point spread. Tom Brady at home. Oh, we can't go out this way. But then you go back. The Buccaneers weren't a good team all year long. They beat the Cowboys opening weekend. That was it. They beat them by 16 in week one. They beat the Saints by 10 in week two. And then since then, their other wins have been by six points or less. The Buccaneers' average margin of victory this season was 6.3 points. That's 27th in the NFL. By comparison, the Niners were number one. Their average margin of victory was almost 17 points per game. So the Buccaneers were 27th average margin of victory. The Texans were last at 4.3 points per game. The Buccaneers were only two points better than that. Tampa's not a good team. Wasn't a good team. At 8-9... Really not a playoff team, but they were in a bad uh, division. But we bought into Tom Brady. Nobody else. You know, they have receivers, okay. I thought they had an elite defense when they beat Kansas City in the Super Bowl. That defense was disappointing. But give credit to Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. Because normally we don't do that. The media doesn't do that. And, you know, everything that was sort of set up after that week one loss by the Cowboys, 
we've been holding on to. Yeah, Mike McCarthy you know, loses week one. Uh-oh. He's on the hot seat. He did a great job. Like him or not, respect him or not, people have a, a problem with Mike McCarthy, I think, because of how he looks. You know, in this day and age, your coach, oh, on the sidelines, he looks like a coach. Mike McCarthy, you know, looks like somebody who might be a vendor there. Or he might be an assistant coach there. He doesn't have that presence there. Therefore, we look at him and we question some of his. Now, he's, you know, you can find fault with things that he's done, but I think you also have to give credit to Mike McCarthy. Did they beat a good team last night? No, they did not. But do you still beat Tom Brady? And Tom Brady, now the question's going to be, oh, can he leave? Can he leave like that? Can you go out like that? Does anybody remember Joe Montana's last game? Just off the top of your head, because he used to be the greatest quarterback of all time. So I'm just curious if anybody remembers the numbers that uh, Joe Montana put up. I got him here, in case you're wondering. He uh, was with the Kansas City Chiefs, 1994 playoffs. Uh, ended the season. He uh, was 26 of 37, 314 yards, two touchdowns. Lost to Dan Marino. Had a late game interception. I don't know how many people said, well, you can't go out that way. You can't go out that way because we move on. Montana was seven years younger than Tom Brady. But with Tom Brady, he can't go out that way. Well, unless he wins the Super Bowl, he's probably going to go out that way. Does he go someplace else next year? Does he come back to Tampa? If he had gone out last year, that would be an unbelievable way to go out. Ran out of time against the Rams. But what you saw last night was not pretty at all. But they're not a good team. Didn't have a good offensive line. Had injuries. Uh, Godwin was back. He had Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, no show. But this is a team where you go, okay, 13-4 and four last year. They should reload. They should be ready to go. And it never materialized. They weren't a good team. And it was evident last night because now we're looking at the Cowboys who didn't look good the last month of the season, looked terrible last week against the commanders. Now all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, Cowboys, that's a different team there. Are they? Or did they just beat a bad team? And I could see both. By the way, in case you're wondering, the Niners hosting the Cowboys. Cowboys are uh, getting three and a half. That's it. Three and a half. Huh. Bengals getting five now against the Bills. Giants seven and a half against the Eagles. Jags eight and a half against the Chiefs. Those are the uh, updated betting lines according to DraftKings. But if you're going to find fault with the Cowboys, you might find fault with their place kicker. Keep in mind, this is a place kicker who kicks 60-yard field goals, two of them, in one game against Minnesota. Here is the Cowboys radio network with the fourth missed extra point. Come on, Brett. You can do it. Here's the snap. It's good. The extra point kick is up. It kicked off the right upright and went out. My goodness. Here's the third missed extra point. I am praying. Hold your breath. Praying for Brett Maher to make this extra point. 
This extra point. He kick. missed it. He pulled it. He pulled, he it, pulled it to left. the left. Like any good golfer, you miss two shots to the right. The next one, you pull into the water left. Well, it's in his oh, head my now. Goodness. What the hell was going on last night? Here's Mike McCarthy on his kicker. We need Brett. He, he understands that. So, uh, you know, we need to get back on it this week and, you know, get him ready to go. Obviously, we're kicking out, you know, an outdoor stadium out there in, in Santa Clara. So, um, but, you know, we, you know, um, yeah, he's disappointed, but, uh, you know, we need him. We need him to focus in. And, you know, he's, he's been super clutch for us all year. So, um, but that's the plan. What the heck happened there? By the way, I was curious what the over uh, under was, and I thought it was 45 and a half. So I'm watching and I'm going, okay, you know, the extra points sometimes, one or two, and then it's four. I'm thinking, okay, it's, what's the score? Okay, we do carry the you know, 31 14, 45 <gasps> under. He kicks one extra point. Ouch. Imagine if that's what you put $1.4 million yeah. down on to yeah. win Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, this program run, uh, run by uh, Mercedes-Benz range of SUVs. Every member waiting to impress. Make sure you go to danpatrick.com and uh, sign up. Doesn't cost you anything to win that amazing Sprinter van that's seating in the French kid or taken cross country for the Super Bowl. Close to 75,000 people have entered but that thing is uh, going to be on the road in a couple of weeks, headed out to uh, Phoenix. we got a play of the day, poll question, stat of the day, all of that forthcoming. Your phone calls always welcome. Uh, LeBron had 48 last night. Jason Tatum at 51. Grizzlies have won 10 in a row. Jim Harbaugh staying at Michigan. Y- yay? Yay! We kept our coach. Yeah. Nobody wanted our coach in the NFL, and he's coming back. Yay! Yay. Uh, the Texans have interviewed Sean Payton. All right. Uh, poll question, Seaton. What do you have for me today? Dan, I've actually got a whole bunch of true or false questions for you. Uh, ready? Okay. All right. Uh, so, like, the first one, Dak Prescott is an elite quarterback. True or false? Well, now he's moved into the top five quarterbacks, <laughs> I'm sure, t- this week. Last week, he was not. This morning, he is a top five quarterback. Yeah. I just don't know if you can be week to week. You can't be a elite quarterback and it's week to week. Like Eli Manning, it felt like an elite quarterback. Can't spell elite without E-L-I. And I'm like, no, not an elite quarterback. Good quarterback, but you need to be consistent. I don't think Dak Prescott's consistent enough. But he had a great game. Wonderful game last night. So, no, not, not an elite quarterback. Elite performance, not an elite quarterback. So you're going to go false on that question. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, here's uh-huh. one for you. This I know you're going to love this well, one. I, because I think you can only have, like, five quarterbacks that are elite at one point. Okay. So what are your top five, then? If Dak's not in it, who are you taking out? Well, I would put in Patrick Mahomes. Natch. Joe Burrow. Josh Allen. I would still have Justin Herbert in there. You would. Yes, I would. Yes, I would. And uh, let's see. Who else do I want to put in there? I'm going to put Brock. No, no, I'm not putting in there. Uh, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is in there anymore. TB12 is not in there. TB12 is not in there. He was just removed last night. Yes, he was. Yeah. Not not elite this year. Uh, Who would be my fifth quarterback? 
Who am I missing here? There were moments, by the way, last night that the Buccaneers looked so terrible that like Tom Brady would like throw the ball. It would be like seven yards off target. Right. And then when you look back at the replay and Troy Aikman will be like, I don't really know what Mike Evans is doing here. (laughs) And Mike Evans like ran out 10 yards, ran in a circle for some reason and then took off to the left and Tom Brady threw it to the right. And you're like, what the hell kind of route was that? I never know if they run the wrong route. We always see the quarterback. It's you never you never see a wide receiver point back at a quarterback and like, what the hell are you doing? It's always the quarterbacks doing that to the wide receiver. But yeah, there were times where I'm thinking, I don't know what the offensive game plan is other than Tom, just keep throwing. And you're throwing. I, I, it, it struck me like Ben Roethlisberger two years ago had 68 pass attempts against the, you're not winning a game. And if you have no running game, you're one dimensional Micah Parsons looked like he was playing out back with his friends. He was like laughing and joking. Like there there was getting in the Buccaneers huddle. And you didn't have to have a defensive philosophy. You know, Dan Quinn didn't have to go, you know, we have to really devise something to uh, shut down TB12 there. What else do you have, Seaton? Uh, here's another true or false for you. True oh. or false. True or false. All right. Mike McCarthy's job is safe. <laughs> See, that's another one where, you know, the media's got to be going, oh, he had a great game last night. Now we can't critique him. But is it enough? Um, his job shouldn't be in jeopardy. It shouldn't be. But it, it might be. Now, here's the, uh, if he gets blown out against San Francisco, like what's the margin of victory that you would go, I don't know, maybe it's time to uh, make a change there. I, I guess the only way you make a change is if you really believe in Sean Payton and you really don't believe in Mike McCarthy. And what he did last night, I can't find fault with that. But it's great when you have Tony Pollard there, who I love. Love watching him. Yeah, Paul. If you guys were the head coach after Brett Maher misses his third extra point, if you notice the tide had turned, like he misses the first extra point, all the guys in the huddle are like, all right, get it together. Second extra point, they're all patting him on the back, get it together. After the third uh, a mixed extra point, they started walking away from him, and they didn't. They were, like, frustrated. After the fourth, Prescott and other players were yelling on the sidelines, let's go for two. Would you have stuck yeah. with the kicker because you do need him for the next month, or would you have said, hey, we need points here, we'll go for two for the rest of the game? No, I got I to gotta have him kick one. You know, that, until that, he makes it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going to keep scoring touchdowns until you make an extra point here. Yeah, And, and yeah. when he did... Even the Buccaneers fans <laughs> cheered for him. The whole stadium erupted when he finally hit a, an extra point. Hey, all right. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Tom. You can't miss two extra points in a row. You go for two after the second one. It's just inexcusable. You miss two straight. I know you don't want to have him lose his confidence and you need him if you win for the divisional playoff and beyond. Once the second one in a row misses, okay. two point conversion. You're going to be Mike McCarthy. He just he just missed two in a row. You just scored a touchdown. You're going to go over there and tell him that uh, he's not kicking. I'm going to put my arm around him and say, "Hey, maybe it's not your night, and don't worry about it. You know, we still love you, but you know what? The rest of the way we're Wait, going to go." Don't for two. worry about it. You're worrying about it. I'm. I got to go over. I got to <laughs> acknowledge. I'm not going to like blow him up and give him a cold shoulder. I will acknowledge the decision I'm making, but just wanted to let you know. Maybe it's just not your night. Have a seat. We're going to go for two when we're in these situations. The rest of the game. Are you Are you going to politely bench him? I will. I'm not going to say what the hell is that out there? Are you kidding me? This is the playoffs. You got You can't hit an X two in a row. You missed. Yes. Yeah, Have you guys ever watched a sporting event with Todd that he cared about? Yes. Yeah. 
uh, is his demeanor more like exhibit A or exhibit B there? Is he more like, hey, buddy, don't worry about yeah, it, okay? Is no you going to do this or going to be like, holding? It's, holding easy, to, it's easy to say that when you're pretending to be the Cowboys coach. If I was the Broncos head coach and that was going on, I would probably be a little more. It was second and 12, that was third and 15. What are you guys doing? They suck. Yeah, How they is suck. that offsides? How could that possibly be offsides? How could you possibly be offsides again? Divisional playoff round. Yeah, you would not be able to put your arm around your kicker. Hey. Maybe it's not your night, buddy, but okay, we're, we're the not kicker disappointing was, you. It's okay. It's if the kicker was a female, he absolutely would. Oh, yeah. Come on, come here. Come on. How was your commute to the stadium? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll take a break. We'll check in with the Buccaneers. Have they seen the last of Tom Brady? Ed Werder will join us. He covers the Cowboys. He'll join us a little bit later on. And I'm sure we will hear from Shea and Irving after an impressive performance by his Cowboys last night. We'll take a break. We're back after this Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that... Summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year. Be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, Fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I don't know, take over a minute to down a two-liter? Well... If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now. Use the promo code DPSHOW for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code DPSHOW. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18-PLUS in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Greg Allman was there. He covers the Bucks, the NFC South for Fox Sports, and he's kind enough to join us after last night's festivities. Uh, what was Tom Brady saying there? It felt like a goodbye. It, it felt like I, he hasn't done that the last two seasons. It was nice for him to say it, but yeah, thank you for welcoming me. Uh, doesn't sound like something you say to somebody you expect to see in OTAs or, or back in July and August here. So I don't know that he's even decided yet, um, but that, that felt like it had some finality to it, seeing his parents on the field uh, as he walked off. That felt like it might be an ending. But an ending to his Buccaneers career? Or an ending to his NFL career. That's a good. That's a good question, and I, and I don't. I mean, he's he's that. That's the bigger question than it is for here in Tampa. Absolutely, I, I don't know. Um, he's got to weigh his options here, and he kind of has to do that from a football standpoint, from a family standpoint. It, it's where Tom's been all season, um, and I don't know if there's an obvious answer that that satisfies both for him uh, enough to make him come back at 46 and, and try it one more time with with a third chapter somewhere. What did you expect last night? Uh, better than that. Um, you know, I, I think there was some momentum in the week just because the Bucks had gotten a lot of guys back from injury. Um, you know, the opportunity that he had for everything that this season wasn't, they always had the, the consolation of, you know, a division championship, a home playoff game. It's kind of like you get in the tournament, it doesn't matter what seed you are, anything's possible. And they always had that kind of hanging until last night. And then it looked like so many games this year where they come out uh, flat on offense, the defense kind of gave way quickly. And, and Brady's had these games this year where there's, you know, Brady magic. And you go back to the Rams and the Saints and the Cardinals and even the Panthers, and there's these amazing finishes, but it's games in which they really didn't show up until about five minutes were left. And that's just not a recipe for, for winning against good teams. I had no problem picking against the Buccaneers, but I would never pick against Tom Brady. So it was a weird dichotomy that I just, right. you know, the Buccaneers weren't a good team this year. Average margin of victory was two points more than the Texans' average margin of victory. It was 6.3, Greg. You're not – yeah. And, and Dallas does have firepower there. The defense no-showed. You know, Brady throwing 64 times, I mean, that, that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, and then the idea that they beat Dallas in week one and won 19-3 was kind of their best game, probably where they looked the most like they were supposed to look, if you will. But it's so far removed. It's four months ago. Um, you know, the fact that it was here, you'd think that's an advantage, but they haven't necessarily been a better team at home. Um, yeah. So to have a zero in the fourth quarter, um, to have, you know, everything go the way it did, where the drama in the, the, the second half of Tom Brady's potential last game is whether or not the opposing kicker is going to make an extra point, but that's not what people saw going in probably. Where's Bruce Arians in all of this? Uh, I think just watching from afar, uh, I think he's, you know, kind of laid low this season. Um, you'll see him at practice. He's in a golf cart just like he was as a head coach. Um, but, no, I don't think it's anything real prominent. You know, if Byron Leftwich goes, I don't know if Bruce will be back with this team, even in the kind of consulting capacity he's been this year. Uh, they just put him in the ring of honor. It's probably a chance for him to to just go to retirement and enjoy himself. Uh, I know you uh, cover the NFC South for Fox Sports. Carolina's got an opening. Uh, what role do you think Sean Payton plays in Carolina, if any? 
It's tough. I mean, I think he's probably the the brass ring right now. He's probably the the top pick if you had all these openings and who you'd like to have. Uh, I think they have enough draft picks they could part with him. He knows the division well. I think David Tepper wants a splash higher probably. They've cast a wide net. Uh, I think Steve Wilkes did a good job there as an interim coach, but it seems like an ownership that wants to to have a bigger hire. I, I don't know if that can be uh, – you know, you heard Harbaugh early on. That's probably out of the way now. Uh, Peyton would probably be the best of what's left, but it also could be uh, a young offensive assistant. They've certainly started talking to a lot of those. I'll leave you with this. Any chance the Buccaneers wouldn't want Tom Brady back? No. I, th- I think given this franchise, uh, again, as ugly as this season was, it's the first time in their history they've won back-to-back division titles. And in a division that's still kind of lost like the NFC South is, uh, if you had Tom Brady, I think people will think they're a favorite next year, regardless of what's around him. So, no, I think they'd love to have him back. Um, it, it's going to be a, a bit of a rebuild and a different team whenever he's gone. So they want to keep that going as long as they can. Greg, thank you. We appreciate it. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR, or stream us live on the Peacock app. Polly Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo. As you all know, we're the host of the number one rated show in all of sports talk, the Polly and Tony Fusco Show. Numero uno. Yeah, and we know why millions of people tune in every week. Yeah. They want to hear us talk sports, not our idiot guests who think they know more about sports than we do. Yeah, listen to these dummies. You don't know crap about sports. Nothing. Uh, you don't know nothing uh, about football. This is the worst thing Wait, I've ever he's been still a part on the line. Off the show. Oh, off the show. You don't know basketball. If you want to hear how sports talk should be done, yeah. listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We know that quality sleep is essential. And that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you and your partner whenever you want. Two beds in one, firmer or softer on each side, you decide. And it helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature as well, quiets their snoring, so you stay sleeping comfortably all night long. Sleep Number does everything. My Sleep Number setting is 75. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep. They provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. You will never need another bed. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Ed Werder covers the Cowboys, the uh, senior NFL reporter. Uh, let me start last week. The morale around the Cowboys after losing to the Commanders was what? I think there was uh, quite a bit of concern, Dan, especially about the terrible performance of Dak Prescott in that game. He was very inaccurate, threw another pick six, his third one in uh, the past four games. So I think there was certainly – they were shaken by what happened. I mean, as much as they said, though, that they were going in to win the game because it did have some potential playoff value to them, if the Eagles had lost to the Giants, they would have uh, won the division and had a home playoff game. Uh, I just don't think the players were that mentally into that game. Hmm. Um, and so it wasn't surprising that the intensity level la- last night was significantly higher. What did you expect last night? Well, I, I mean, I, I didn't know, to be honest with you. I mean, if you look at it, you're, we're talking about a 12-win team and the Cowboys against an 8-win team uh, in Tampa Bay. But it's Dallas, and they played bad, and the quarterback <laughs> was was horrific. And so I think everybody got so caught up in exaggerating the flaws of the Cowboys that we ignored the obvious uh, failings of the Buccaneers, which took place throughout the whole season. I mean, I think what happened last night was the Cowboys played the way they have for most of the season and the Bucks played the way they have for most of the season. We just weren't sure about the Cowboys. Most important person on this Cowboys team moving forward. I, I guess let's remove Dak out of this since, you know, being the quarterback, but the one player you think everything sort of centers around that as he goes, this team goes. Micah Parsons. Uh, had a phenomenal game as a second-year pass rusher last night. Uh, you know, talking to Dan Quinn during the week, one of the things they wanted to do with Tom Brady was they wanted they wanted to be less predictable on defense. And so they went back to using Micah Parsons in a way they really hadn't over the previous two months. They had pretty much just lined him up at defensive end and let him, you know, rush the edge. They weren't using him as an off-the-ball linebacker and rushing him from various spots on the defense. Dan Quinn went back to that last night with the purpose in mind of making Brady make his reads after he got the ball in his hands and not determining where he was going pre-snap, sort of slowing him down and allowing the Cowboys pass rush more time to influence the game. I didn't understand the philosophy for a large stretch of the season by using him on the edge. I, I, as a quarterback, I would want to make sure I find him. If I know he's over here, okay, now I can plan accordingly. It's when I don't know where, I mean, the, the brilliance of Lawrence Taylor was, I didn't know where he was and he could line up in a variety of places. To me, that felt like, why would you move away from that philosophy to begin with? Uh, Well, I think they kind of got trapped into putting him at defensive end just because they really didn't have opposite Demarcus Lawrence, another, you know, consistent pass rusher. I mean, Dorrance Armstrong has had a really great season and justified the front office's decision to move on from Randy Gregory, although they did try to sign Randy Gregory, who walked away at the last minute. Um, But I think they felt like they needed three great edge players to have a consistent rush throughout the game. Um, And so I think that's why they got caught in that. I mean, he's obviously an incredible uh, rusher with a lot of moves and unbelievable uh, quickness. But overall, I think they came to the realization that the way that Micah Parsons can best affect the whole game 
is to play him at linebacker and then give him rushes off the edge. And so I don't know what the numbers turned out last night, um, but I know in week one when they played the Bucks, he had two sacks on Tom Brady, and he played like 21, 40 snaps as an end, 21 snaps uh, as a linebacker. And then over the eight games going into last night, Dan, he only had like 19 total snaps at linebacker. I don't know what the numbers yeah. turned out to be last night, but I, I know Dan went into it wanting 15 to 20 percent of Micah Parsons' snaps to be at linebacker. Talking Ed Werder covers the Cowboys for the mothership. I still love watching Tony Pollard. It just um, I don't know if he's a, a single back or you do need to split up those carries with him, but he, he's just such a dynamic player. And then I wanted to fast forward this to how, do, how does Dallas, with what you saw last night, match up with what they're going to face with San Francisco? Well, when I watched San Francisco last week and saw what you know Christian McCaffrey did on his first carry, uh, I tweeted out, the more every time I watch Christian McCaffrey, I wonder why the Cowboys don't create the same kind of plays for Tony Pollard, because I think they are very similar players. A lot of people argue that Pollard's not tough enough, can't take the contact, but he led the NFL in yards rushing after first contact this year. Tony Pollard did. <laughs> um, so he's a strong guy in addition to being fast and elusive. And they were really fortunate to have. I almost, when you asked me that question about who the most important cowboy is other than Dak, I almost said Tony Pollard because I don't, they wouldn't have been able to establish a running game last night without Tony Pollard's quickness. You saw what Ezekiel Elliott did in the game. Uh, Pollard is just a, such a unique player, uh, such a great space player, and yet he's proven he can be an every down type player. He's going to make a lot of money this offseason. As for how the Cowboys match up, uh, I'd be worried about my kicking situation. You're, you know, Brett Maher became the first kicker in NFL history uh, to miss four point a after touchdown attempts. So every Dak Prescott touchdown revealed a weakness we weren't aware of uh, that they were going to have. Because according to Elias, Dan, and you worked at ESPN, so you know the value of our stats and information people. Uh, according to Elias, 16,207 games have been played in the NFL and the stats compiled since 1932. And never in all that time, in all those games, has any kicker missed four extra points in the same game, much less in succession in a playoff game. Uh, so I think that's a big thing. And I think the other big thing for the Cowboys is, are they going to be able to tackle well enough? You know, I, I didn't like what I saw for the first time last night from Trayvon Diggs as a corner. He really improved his tackling and his willingness to do so this season. Uh, I don't think he was great last night in that regard. Uh, I think Leighton Van Der Esch mate was big coming back, but I mean George Kittle. If if it's not Travis Kelsey, then he's the he's the best tight end in football after the catch. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is an unbelievable player in every role. He's he's going to get a lot of yards after the catch, and then Debo Samuel is the best receiver in football after the catch. Showed that again last week and reminded the Cowboys in their playoff exit last year to the 49ers in the first round just how devastating a player he can be. You walk into the locker room, and everybody's probably excited, great game, and then you walk up to Brett Maher. Now, I think he missed his last extra point the previous week, so that's five in a row, Ed. Um, so the Cowboys make him available at his locker for, for you to talk to him? Yeah, he did, he did make himself available. I don't know if the team recommended it or whatever, but uh, yes, he did briefly answer you know questions. Uh, it, what's unfathomable about it is how good he's been all year. You know, he was 50 for 52 
kicking extra points until he went to Washington and missed, and then four misses last night, so wow. five misses in a row. Where did this come from? And, and, and more to the point, how do they fix it? I mean, they're on a short week going to San Francisco. It's not going to be easy to kick in San Francisco, and I don't care what Brett Maher does this week, how many extra points he makes in practice. They're not going to know until they send him out there probably hoping it's for a point-after kick and not an important field goal for the first time. They're not going to know if they have a kicker or not. You know that this game is going to come down to something with Brett Maher, right? It just feels like... (laughs) That's the NFL, right? I know that the line is three and a half. Cowboys getting three and a half. It just feels like there's some scenario where you're going to go, oh my God, how good is this? Or I feel bad for this poor guy. Because, you know, you go into that locker room and you're like, you know... There's one guy who had a bad night, a a horrible night. There's no chance that they cut him, correct? I I just don't think they have time. Okay. Uh, You know, I asked Mike McCarthy that last night, if there would be kicking tryouts, and he basically completely eliminated the possibility just because there aren't a lot of kickers available and they don't have any time. I mean, they're they're on a plane in three days going out to San Francisco to to play that game out there. And the 49ers obviously played on Saturday, so – They've got extra time to prepare for the game. I just don't think there is any opportunity to bring in another kicker. And, and so, you know, they, the players call him Money Maher. And, and he wasn't that last night. And I asked yeah. Dak because we saw Dak slam his helmet in frustration after, I think, the third miss. And he's like, why, aren't, why the blank aren't we going for two, you know? <laughs> um, and I think, I think they had enough command of the game and a substantial enough lead that McCarthy kept sending him out there because he was trying to – work him through this in the game so they didn't have to deal with it this weekend. They could go to San Francisco feeling like they had a kicker that they could trust, but they're not going to have a kicker that they could trust. And, you know, on that fourth down gamble, I was watching Maher after three misses. He starts to go out to kick the field goal, and McCarthy's like, oh, we're going for this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to leave you with this, a hypothetical. If the score was reversed last night. What would the Cowboys have done with Mike McCarthy? Yeah. What would we be talking um, about today? Well, I know what we'd be talking about. We'd be talking about, is, da- is Dak Prescott a franchise quarterback? And we'd be asking, is Mike McCarthy going to be fired after back-to-back 12-win seasons? And you know what? As ridiculous as that sounds, every place else in the NFL, you can't discount the possibility of it because Jerry Jones moved on from Jimmy Johnson after he won back-to-back Super Bowl. So, Firing somebody after 12, 12 win seasons is nothing when you're firing a coach who left after, you know, back to back Super Bowls. But so I think it was, I think it was a, an important game last night for Dak Prescott. I think, and I think Dak knew it going in. He as much as admitted during the week to us that, you know, this is unlike any other game I've ever played in my seven years in the NFL. And certainly it was important for Mike McCarthy. Uh, and, and Dak Prescott to create some playoff credibility with this team. I know you're busy. Thanks for joining us. Safe travel. Thanks for sh- thanks for shaming me into it. I I did. Ed, 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 Ed goes. I'm I'm really busy, Fritzy. I can't do it. Fritzy sent me the correspondence, so I text Ed before the game. I go soft, and, and then he goes, "Okay, I'll I was do in. It. <laughs> okay, I'll do it." And I went, "Oh, I felt bad. I felt bad because Fritzy was so excited. He goes, oh, I just heard from Ed Werder. He's going to do it, win or lose." And I go, "Okay, Fritzy." I called him well, soft. First of all, you only wanted to do it if the Cowboys lost, right? Yeah. That way, yeah. 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 You only wanted to do it I'm if happy you were to talk see about you. McCarthy. I'm happy to see you no matter what. 
And I'm honored to be your friend and be invited on your show. Oh, Thanks, I Dad. didn't. I didn't say friend. I just said happy to see you, Ed. My mistake. Soft. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, bud. Actually, not see soft. Ya. Ed Werder, busy man. Not soft. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.